Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our revival-seeking youth services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. According to Acts chapter 17 verse 2, Acts chapter 18 verse 4, Acts chapter 18 verse 19, Acts chapter 24 verse 25, Acts chapter 26 verse 25. I am first, Acts chapter 19 verse, um, somewhere I think verse, from verse 6. You will find some things there that will get your interest. Acts chapter 17 verse 2. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from for, the scriptures. For, for how long? Three Sabbaths. What did he do? Reasoned with them. You would think that, <laughs> that's why I'm telling those who say, I saw, I saw a vision. You have to believe me. Do what I'm telling you to do. Don't, don't, don't follow those kind of nonsense. Anyone who comes to tell you based on their feelings, what you have to do, so longer Christianity. Christianity is not built on feelings. They continued in the apostles' doctrines. Doctrine are teachings. The weight of your Christianity has everything to do with the teachings you have received. That's why you can't afford to be listening to anybody at all. And that's why you can't afford to subject your head to, to, to meaningless preachings. Preaching that is opposite science. Most of the time, their preaching was, the, the, see, he went for three Sabbaths, he was reasoning with them. Not preaching at them, he was reasoning because he opened uh, 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 Genesis and make reference to Deuteronomy, uh, go to Exodus, come to Joshua, come to Nehemiah, and then reference to Isaiah, and, tell, and he will reason with them and show them from scriptures. Is scientific, logical, and then you draw conclusions from the things that he has been explaining just to show them that Christ Jesus is really the Christ. Reasoning, say reasoning. Verse what? Next verse. Acts chapter 18, verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. He reasoned. Did you, did you see what's going on? Yeah. Why is it that we have left reason out of church? Wow. Many of the charismatic churches and black-led churches, it's full of heavyweight feelings. But it says that the spirit of truth, when it comes, not the spirit of feelings. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. He would teach you all things. In John, it says that the true worshippers, the time is coming and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in what? In spirit and in truth. You got to know something to validate the quality of your worship. Mindless worship does not have a future. <laughs> Mindless. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he said, be ready to give a, uh, an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope inside you. <laughs> Read it. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give... How, how, how often should you be ready? Always. Always be ready to do what? 
to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope. They are that asking you for a reason for the hope that you have. And you have to be ready to give a defense. So when he said they are asking you for a reason, you are able to defend why you believe what you believe. Now to defend, they are asking for a reason, that means that you must be able to intellectually, it shouldn't be an unintellectual pursuit. Your Christianity must be so that when you become one of the top scientists in the world, you still are a Christian because your Christianity is reasonable. In fact, it becomes unreasonable not to be a Christian when you understand it with reason. So then, if you are, in fact, I heard a story of um, years ago, but this is about, I'm sure about 40 years ago or something like that. Some Oxford um, professors, is it Cambridge or Oxford? They decided that, you know, this whole thing about Christ, Christ, Christianity, and resurrection, they are going to do a research and disprove it. So during the summer break, that's what the two of them, they decided, okay, you go and do how we're doing, and then we will, we will disprove this whole resurrection thing. And, and put Christianity to nothing because all these things that disguise. So after the break, they came back and Professor A asked Professor B, uh, what are your findings? Professor B said, you don't want to know. He said, no, talk. He said, rather on a contra- to the contrary, my findings have convinced me that actually I have to be a Christian. And the other one said, that's interesting because that's the thing I was even wondering how God was going to tell you that. Why? Because once you follow logically, you get to a conclusion you can't avoid. That's what the Bible said. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Because the presence and the proof of God is an intellectual thing. And so when someone says that I don't believe in God, it's not because they are so smart and they've seen proofs. It's rather they, because when you begin to look for the proof, you, it's so obvious that you have to now choose that, no, I don't want to believe it. Why do they get so animated? Haven't you noticed that Christianity is not a problem for people to say, let's, let's attack the Bible. Let's say, oh, if Christ, Christ, Christ had a girlfriend, all that. They say, oh, you mention Muhammad, you, you can't scrutinize him. You are not permitted to challenge or scrutinize or question anything. That's religion for you. A religion you don't question. You take what you are told. Believe it. Whether you like it or not, you understand. Believe it. For three Sabbaths, he was reasoning. Reasoning. He said, be ready to give somebody an answer. Be ready, always ready to give a defense. For when anyone asks you about the for a reason for the read it again. First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Can you imagine? So if your hope doesn't have a reason, it is not a solid hope. Don't build your Christian hope on how you feel. I prayed, I prayed to God, help me, and he did it. I prayed again, God, help me, and he did it. Oh, I believe. That is not good enough for the foundation of your Christianity. That's not good enough. Somebody one day can tell you that that is just uh, just by accident, a chance. 
okay, give, and she will be giving to you. And I gave, and I got the money. Someone will also show you how another person gave, but without, he didn't give, I got the money. So, do you understand that? It doesn't mean that is not true. In your case, it is true because you experienced it. However, your, a lot of people build their Christianity on their personal experience. It's not good enough. That is why I'm not interested in you telling me you were asleep and you were taken to heaven. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm actually not interested. You mean it. You are right. You, oh, it's true. I, I, I'm not denying. But it doesn't do squat to me. Everything that is meant to be believed is already documented. That's why I made a statement the other time, but most of you didn't pick up what I was trying to communicate, that grammar. When you read the Bible, first of all, consider the grammar. If you can't have, if you, if you are bad with comprehension, you are likely to be bad with exegesis. Okay, exegesis is a big word. Yeah. To, <laughs> to exegete is like to break out take out the words, if this word says that that's what it means, that's what the phrase means, that's what the sentence means, and that's what the whole paragraph means. So every paragraph is made up of what? Words, phrases, sentences, and statements. It's a, when, am I right? Even if I'm not right, you can say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe you don't know, you know, because you have, you've studied English far. Yeah. So when you take, that's what lawyers do. There are more lawyers who are Christians. Because the evidence will be so strong. When you take the Bible and begin to do a research, you'll find out the evidence is so strong. Many lawyers get easily convinced about the scriptures and about Christianity. Because Christianity is not emotive, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. For three Sabbaths, what was he doing? Reasoning with them. That's Acts chapter what? 17 verse 2. Let's go to verse 19. Acts chapter 18 verse 19. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Did you see that? What did he do? Reasoned. He reasoned with the Jews. He reasoned with the Jews. So, Apostle Paul was always doing reasoning. Some of you, look, he met Jesus physically. Jesus, he met, he didn't see him, but Jesus appeared. He heard the voice, Saul. So that's how he converted, got converted. So that also makes me want to throw this in a little bit. Not to be fooled to think that you get convicted or get born again by reasoning. <laughs> you don't get born again by reasoning. You got born again by conviction in your spirit. He said, with the heart, not with the mind. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Romans 10, 10, 10, 9, and 10. Yeah. And then with the, with the, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Mm. So now, after you have believed in your heart, what are you supposed to be believed? This is very important. This is very important. What are you supposed to be believed? You are supposed to be told something. In those days, women did not really, their opinion didn't matter in, in, in um, public sphere. So if you want something to carry credibility, you won't tell a woman to go and say it. No, no. That, that society 
women were not given a, a certain level of um, you see, a, a message in the mouth of a woman really in those days didn't carry you can't take it let's say to parliament why do you hear oh, the woman say, oh it's a woman no, forget it let's look for some and, but Jesus resurrected, and it was the women who saw it first. God chose to give it to women. So the women went to tell the men. He's alive. He's risen. We've seen him. And the guys decided to go and check it out. Not because they wanted to, they were expecting the resurrection. They went to check it out just to know if someone had stolen the body. Because you know that when, the women went, they said, they told someone has told you the body. They told the, the gardener, please, if you have taken him, put him somewhere. Show us, we'll go for the body. Because the resurrection was not expected. Because it would be preposterous to expect someone to die and rise up. That is why when he resurrected, they just didn't even think about it. That is why he said, well, it's slow of hard to believe. What the prophet, ought not the Christ to have suffered this day and the third day resurrected? Then he said, uh, to, uh, the, the angel said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen, just as he told you. Then Thomas, who was one of the disciples, said, no, 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 I can't believe this. Unless I see him physically, this doesn't happen. So the resurrection was not concocted. It wasn't a concoction. It was a conviction. <laughs> the resurrection was not a concoction. It was a con Who would die for a concoction? They are killing many of them. They were just killing them. And their message was he's alive. They were preaching the resurrection. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 22, they chose a replacement for Judas. And his job, the, the job of the replacement for Judas was to go and to join them to testify about the resurrection. Is there? Acts 1, 22. What does it say? Acts chapter 1, verse 22. Beginning from the baptism of John to that day. 21, sorry. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, 22, beginning from the okay. baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. One of these must become a witness with us of what? His, so what we are doing is we are just witnessing of his resurrection. And we need, we, the, we, the apostles were 12. One became Judas. Oh, Judas became, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Judas proved himself. So now they needed a replacement. They didn't leave it 11. That tells you 12 is an interesting number. 12, 12 hours in a day and 12 hours in a night. 12 months in a year. It's interesting. 12 tribes of Israel. There's something about 12. So when you turn 12, your story changes. <laughs> Some of you, very soon you'll be 12 times 2. So, so let us get a replacement to complete the 12. And they got a replacement and said, he's coming to, we need to choose one of these people who have always been around, but not part of the 12. We need to choose one who will be witness with us of the resurrection. So the initial preaching, and that should not change. If we say they continued in apostles' doctrine, that means that the preaching the apostles were preaching, we shouldn't change it. Christianity loses relevance when preachers' focus become what society wants to hear or what people want to hear. 
they, they feel like you have been struggling. They say, I'm, I, I know. God said you will be okay. And always, seven ways to be a great wife. Five ways. Sometimes you can talk about those, but that shouldn't be a main message. How can a pastor be preaching on how to make money quick? On Sunday morning. A pastor. No, think about this. A pastor. Sunday morning. You are preaching on seven ways of financial freedom. <laughs> All right. Then why would a, a, a rich person want to listen to that? He's not doesn't have time for this. He didn't come to church for him to tell him how to make rich, how to get rich quick. There are conferences and forum you can get the forum, you can get this. But in church, let's give what only the church can give. Today's reading, he said, like people, like priests. Who pastors you or who teaches you the word will determine how your Christian life will turn out to be. It will determine how your marriage will turn out to be. It will determine how you even raise your children. It will determine your reward in eternity. Because the teaching will prepare you to serve God the way you should serve for eternity. That's why you don't attend a church because that's where my mom attends. It's gone. You don't attend a church because that's where I was born into. Is it, is it, is it a zoo? You're born in that zoo, so you stay there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. No, you don't attend a church because it's near to my house. Excuse me. Do you go to a restaurant because it's next to your house? People travel from South London to North London to Luton to a restaurant. What I'm trying to say is, you don't go to a church because it's next to your house. Church is, we are supposed to be in church for food. That's why in this meeting, I'm not, now this, I just want to download so much into you. Because you are at an age where a lot of things can easily want to challenge your Christian belief. So you must be well grounded in scripture. You must know what you're about. Paul said that, for this reason, I suffer all these things. Second Timothy chapter 1. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. And he says that, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 from verse 10, particularly 11. He was appointed to be a preacher, of, a preacher and a herald, herald of all these things. For which reason? He said, for which reason I suffer these things? Can you imagine? He was, his suffering was because of his message. Many pastors have changed their message so they can fit in societal ideologies and norms. Some church leaders have become political commentators. We want to always address the issue, political issue of the day. That's your preaching, your Easter preaching. That's, that's all. Is that all? They are righteous. Bible says that Paul he reasoned with Agrippa regarding righteousness. Before then, Second Timothy chapter verse eleven. Second Timothy chapter one from verse eleven, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse twelve. For this reason, I also suffer these things. I suffer these things because of what I'm supposed to be teaching. Uh huh. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, not ashamed. for I know whom I, I have believed. I know whom I believe, and I'm persuaded. I like that one. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep. Persuasion is slightly different from conviction. 
Persuasion is mental. Conviction is heart. Persuasion. I'm persuaded. In other words, I've been convinced. I've thought about things. I'm persuaded. My mind is involved. So when you are persuaded about something, it's difficult for someone to talk you out of it. You are persuaded. When you are convicted about some things, upon pressure and pressure and pressure in your mind, someone might like, likely talk you out of it by just that you can't go out. So some of you almost left church, but because of the conviction, you couldn't leave. You went back fornicating, masturbating, hey, all the tin, 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 tin. <laughs> the tin, tin, and tin, tins. <laughs> You went to do all that. And I, after a while, I said, if you see this church thing, I'm not interested. If it, you started thinking, is it worth it? Why do I have to? No. But you just couldn't stay out. You just couldn't stay out of church. People even didn't know you had backslided. They didn't call you. But you were there. And then you picked yourself and said, okay, I'm going again. And then you said, okay, this time I will not go too deep. Let me just stay out. Something can't let you go. Because of convictions. Sometimes people have positions. They take entrenched positions, but convictions break them down. You have a position, I will never, I will never. But convictions. And when the Holy Spirit works with you, He convicts you. So people don't get born again because they have been convinced. <laughs> people get born again because they've been convicted convicted. It's, it works with your conscience. Your conscience will break you in your heart. You say, you know you can't deny this thing. Something has really touched you. He said, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I am persuaded. Hey, you say I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. So it's, it's good that when we come to church, much of the time there are other things that are also important because church is not only just teachings. There's fellowship. There should be time of prayer. So Satan doesn't have an upper hand over us. If you are prayerless, you will, you will easily be a, a cheap target in the hands of the enemy. So we should pray. We should share fellowship. We should break bread. And we should continue in the teachings. So I am persuaded. So teachings are important. Now let's go back to the reasoning. Acts 26, 25. Acts chapter 26, verse 25. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus. Can you imagine he was talking? He was giving a defense of the faith, why he believed. He was telling them, and this is a very interesting. He told them that, listen, I was, when it comes to the practices of the Jews, I was above, I was head above all these, uh, my contemporaries. I was way above them, way ahead of them. And I even chased Christians to other cities to lock them up. So whatever you are saying, I was, I was, I was in, I was an advanced, an advanced version of you. <laughs> I was doing it, did everything. And he said, one day on my way to Damascus, at mid, at midday, midday when the sun is supposed to be brightest, right? He said, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the midday, noonday sun. So the sun is not the brightest thing in, on earth. There is a light that made the sun. The sun. Oh, you didn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
there is a light that made the sun. And he says that, I saw a light. No wonder he had to go blind. He went blind. Say, I saw the brightness of the light made him fall from the horse. No one touched him. He fell from the horse. And that's it. He heard a, he heard a sound, a voice. Saul, Saul, so, why do you persecute me? He said, who are you? He said, why do, it is difficult to kick against the goats or the pricks. He said, who are you? Some Jesus who we are persecuting. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, go to Damascus. There are preachers there. They will show you what to do. They will disciple you. And the Bible says that the Lord appeared to a disciple named Ananias. A disciple. You can't disciple until you have been discipled. You can't pastor until you have been pastored. When someone tells you I'm a very spiritual person, ask them, who is your pastor? Who pastored you? How did you become born again? Who is your spiritual leader? Who, who mentored you? If they can't have a point of reference, they are not permitted to be point of references. How can you be a point of reference when you don't have a point of reference? If you say you're an authority, you're a professor, they'll ask you, which training? Where, where, you, which uni? Which institution? Where were you trained? Who trained you? Which authority? Who is your reference? There's no serious academic exercise which doesn't have a reference. If you are doing your masters, you must have references. And when you write all your whatever essays, you have you must have the bibliography. You don't have any spiritual bibliography. You have to be marked down. These are just basic things. So that's how life works. Basic basics of life. There are people who think this me. God speaks to me. It's just between me and God. Get out of here. It's the devil who is speaking to you. God, the devil doesn't like authority. These are a lot of basic things. Somebody, oh, God always speaks to me. And they add a lot of emotions. Just to bully you and force you to accept what they are saying. God said, God said, how is it that you are a pure Christian? God speaks to you, but you are not in any church. How is that you are a Christian? God speaks to you, but you don't serve. You are not under any pastor who can say, no, sit here. You can't go here. Get back. Sit there. You can't treat your wife like this. No, no, no. You can't marry this one. Yeah, yeah, yes. You can, you can go ahead. Who, who is the authority in your life? So in what way are you a disciple? No one can be too old above learning. You can be... Learning is life. <laughs> when you stop learning, you start dying. I'll always be learning. There are things that some of you can teach me. Right? In fact, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's something you can teach me, I don't know. There's something you can teach me, I don't know. There's something you can teach me, I don't know. Maybe it depends on what you are studying. So when I meet people who have a particular path of, you know, sometimes I ask you a lot of questions about your, your you know, profession. So, so what do you do with mental health people? What, what, how do they do it? So when you go to court, how do you? I don't know. They say, Lord, I don't know. You can't get to a place where you can, you say, I stop learning. So it's, it's important Anyone, please, don't give any credibility to anyone whose Christianity or spirituality is based on personal experiences that only them can verify. Yeah. <laughs> when Paul was speaking, he says that, 
ask these people. They are my what? Okay, you continue. I'll show you something. And he said, "But I am not mad, most noble Festus. But speak the words of truth and reason." Did you see that? He said, "What? I'm, I'm not just concocting it. I'm just trying. I'm speaking the word of truth and reason." What I'm saying is reasonable. It's like, it's basic facts. Read it. And he said, but I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I speak freely knows these things, mm -hmm. for I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. No, he Since didn't escape his attention. Why? Since these, this thing was not done in a corner. These things were not done in a corner. It was obvious. These things were not done in a corner. And that's what I'm testifying to things that everybody knows about. Yeah. But Satan has a way of breaking the minds of people that even though they know about it, their hearts will not receive it. Mm. Mm. So he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. Okay. John chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. He convicts the world. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, he said, the God of this world has blinded the minds. Did you see that? Has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So he's, even though he's very intelligent and can think clearly, when it comes to matters of salvation, their minds are blind. You are trying to reason with them and they even don't see it. God, it's not the eyes that are blind. It's in your Bible. Blinded. So we don't reason with people in order to get them born again. But we must have a reason. And then when we meet people where we are trying to speak the word to them, we have to speak reasonable words as well. You know, you have to give your life to Jesus. Why? If a, a, a bishop friend of mine told me he went, doing, he went out to, for outreach. And I met a guy, and the guy, he told the guy, I need you to attend church. The guy said, no. Why should I attend the church? <laughs> he was confused. <laughs> he said, the, 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 the bishop told me, he said he was confused. He didn't see that coming. He didn't know what to say. The guy said, can you give me a reason why I should attend a church? <laughs> so that's why, you know, your Christianity must not be just based on emotions. The resurrection that they went to declare was not based on emotions. Mm. It was based on facts. Mm. The, 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 they saw the tomb was empty. Mm. And the empty tomb was not enough evidence of the resurrection. Mm. Because that's why the Jews said somebody stole the body. If the body was stolen, it's, it can explain why it's not in the tomb. But these guys were dying for it. Don't you think there will be someone who took it? If there was someone who took it upon himself to travel from town to town to get them arrested and kill some of them, wouldn't somebody also take it upon himself to, to prove the body of Jesus? Somebody will go and show this is it. I know where it is. Because these guys were dying for it. Your family member is dying for it. They are dying. The husband is dead. The wife is dead. He said, no, Jesus is alive. They are dying for it. And you care about your, your niece who is also about to follow his mother and father. And you love this, your nephew or your niece. So, you know, I, I have to convince that, listen, what your dad and mom, they were wrong. You can't even pay someone. Let's, let's look for this body. Up to now, no one can produce the dead body. 
Everybody who died, Muhammad and Confucius and all the, their, their tools are there. Their bones are there. But you can't produce them. No one can produce the body of Jesus Christ. And in, in, you know, interestingly, Jesus also said, my body is the church. If they want to see my body, then it's the church. He's, he is not in a hurry to prove a point to anybody. That's why, first of all, when he resurrected, it was women who saw him. Why would you show yourself to women whose the weight of conf- their confession statement doesn't, or their statement didn't carry public weight? Show yourself to just one high priest. That's enough. Women, the men were busy, afraid, and hiding. Some of you think they were sitting and singing, uh, he's alive. No, no, no. They were, uh, they, they were afraid. The women were the bold ones. They went to the tomb, not to go and, like, early morning to have front seats of a church service. No, they're not going for front seats. They were going to embalm the body. When the body dies, someone dies, they embalm the body so that the body doesn't decompose too quickly. They were going to embalm the body. When they got there, oh! Where is the, the stone was rolled away, surprisingly. Then they would look into He's not there. So she was crying and she saw somebody. Said, sir, have you seen? Please, if you have taken him, show me where he is. I'll go back for him. Where? The guy said, no, he's not here. He saw an angel. The angel said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Jesus is not in the realm of the dead. He's alive. He told you that he will resurrect. Didn't he tell you? He has resurrected. So now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. It's in your Bible. Go and tell, including Peter. They didn't use the word including. He said, and Peter. So he said, go and tell his disciples, and Peter. Mark 16, 7. Mark chapter 16, verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter. That what? That he is going before you. He's going before. He's going to meet you in Galilee. Wow. When they went and told Peter, they said, no, no, no. Peter started running to the tomb. But he wasn't that old. John was stronger. So John outran him. Around him. When he got to the tomb, he couldn't enter. And so when Peter came, he stood down. He entered first. And he saw the, you know, when you die those days, they wrap, it's like a cloth around you, a whole body. So you can, if you've seen some of the Egyptian mummies, then they wrap something around your head like a turban. And Jesus resurrected. And when they went, it has been folded. Do you think they went, someone went to steal? Would they have time to fold? <laughs> Take everything you want to unwrap it. Ah! Yeah, it's in John. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now the first day of the week. First day of the When's the first day of the week? Sunday. So you remember when the message I taught? The first day of the week, which was Sunday, very early before day. Read it. Now the first day of the week, Mary Madeline went to the tomb early while it was still dark. While it was still dark. She went whilst it was still So the first day of the week, Jesus had already resurrected. Whilst it was still dark. So it could be 2 a.m. It could be 4 a.m. But it was certainly still dark. Jesus had already resurrected because he resurrected on the first day of the week. After the third night. If he spent three days and three nights, the day he died was not part of it. And then when he resurrected, was not part of it. 
So the three days, so if it was Sunday morning, okay, Sunday morning, then that means Saturday he was in the two. Friday he was in the Thursday. So he died on Wednesday. So that he can clock the three days. But pastor, what has this got to do with? You have to have a reason. I'm talking to people who are in study. Some of you are going to be academics, top academic professors. No, no, do you understand that? You, you shouldn't be made to think like, uh, they say believe, so you are believing. No. The, 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 it's, the facts are so obvious that you will actually be stupid if you, if you throw it away. Those times, much of church meetings was like this. So you see, you can't be a pastor if you are not steady. That's why I said steady to show yourself approved. You must know some things in order to teach. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Carriage Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Carriage on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.